right, and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. The Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, throw out some of those Facebook gaming stars, anything that you could do to support us here at all the great outlets, including draftsite.com it is truly appreciated i just wanted to make mention before i go ahead on with my awesome guest returning to the show once again i want to go ahead and make mention of two things first off is if you haven't had a chance to read this book three ring circus which came out just before the finals by jeff perlman it was actually for quite a bit the number one basketball number one bestseller on amazon if you want to go ahead and check it out you can go ahead and get it on amazon I had a chance to interview the author a couple weeks back just before the finals. So if you check that interview, it's available now on the Lakers Fast Break channel. And I also, at the request, or at the request, excuse me, of our good friend Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com, I had a chance to go ahead and share my thoughts in writing, in detail, maybe a little bit too much writing, but in detail on my thoughts on the Lakers season, and that is available now on popculturecosmos.com and, of course, lakerholics.com as well. Well, speaking of someone who writes a lot for a living and does a great job in doing so, you got to check out everything that he's doing for this upcoming draft and the drafts beyond. You see right now on Facebook Live everything that's there on his mock draft at draftsite.com. You know him from all the shows that he's done with us already, but it's good to have him back once again. It's Stone Hansen, and as a fellow Lakers fan, I want to say one word to start off the show with you. Congratulations. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for having me back again. I'm excited to talk about this whole season and what a whirlwind it's been. Well, 17 is a great number, my friend, but 18, I think, sounds a lot better, don't you? One more than the Celtics, so that's correct. Although, don't tell that to Bill Simmons because he'll just go, "Oh, it's Minneapolis, you know, they, they fun five there and all that." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it, we've got seventeen. They've got seventeen. First one to eighteen is the winner in this case. But hopefully, it's going to be the Lakers, and we'll talk about that coming up. Plus, all the questions that we have in regards to the upcoming draft. I want to ask him some questions on that plus his thoughts on the team in general. But first off, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts. I know we touched from time to time during the course of the playoffs on how the Lakers were doing, but I want to hear from you, your overall experience in watching in a year that's had so much of all over the place. And, and, you know, I don't even want to go in detail on this year in general because I know that we've done that on, on other shows but I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on how incredible this year was for you as a Lakers fan. Yeah, it was uh, just really awesome to watch. Um, from the beginning, everyone kind of thought that, you know, it was really pretty much them or the Clippers would uh, would come out of the West. Um, and to see the Lakers power through after everything that's gone on this year, um, from uh, David Stern and Kobe in the beginning of the year to coronavirus hitting uh, it's really been a whirlwind of a year, but to have the Lakers, um, you know, win it all at the end of it, um, it really was uh, special to watch. It was special to watch. And I want to thank you for reminding all of us once again about 
not only the passing of Kobe Bryant, which everybody is still got at the forefront of their minds, especially if you're a basketball or Lakers fan, but the loss of David Stern, which obviously was a, a great driving force in the in the NBA as a whole in the league going worldwide. So it's something that we often forget about that he did pass away. And uh, because it came on the heels of what we saw ultimately what happened with Kobe Bryant and his tragic death. So I think his death gets lost in this year of the NBA, but it's by no means less important to the league itself. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, David Stern did a lot for the NBA Uh, more. You can argue than anybody else uh, in the history of the league Um, started the WNBA um, really pushed uh, boundaries for the league and uh, its global success. So, um, yeah, losing him was definitely a massive loss and blow to the league. But um, seeing uh, the the league as a whole come together after that and uh, power through it was really cool. Absolutely. And it was in the bubble. Uh, Just something that both you and I had some apprehensions about going in. I know a lot of other people did as well. In fact, virtually everyone from players, coaches, executives, analysts, and fans alike. And... Ultimately, the promise or the premise of the whole entire bubble outlook itself proved to be successful. I mean, zero cases between them, WNBA and the NHL. I mean, when you do it in a confined environment, it looks to be that's the way to go. Because as you see with the Dodgers, who I'll talk about here more in a second before we go into Lakers again, who won their world championship and congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Los Angeles community. But we see when it's not in a bubble environment such as that, there seems to be always some issues that come to play as we saw with Justin Turner last night. Yeah. um, And I think that's a testament to the NBA, how um, just thoroughly they went uh, into research and um, bringing different experts and stuff to uh, do their due diligence to make this bubble happen. I don't think it really would have happened if they put any less thought in um, thorough investigative work into the coronavirus and how to go about it. So I think that they handled it as good as you could have hoped for. A lot of people, you know, had different fears about it going into it, and it's just kind of a fear of the unknown. But um, I think the NBA handled it as about as well as you could have hoped. Absolutely. And hopefully there'll be some things that they learn from the bubble itself and how they conducted their games and how they conducted the the actual day-to-day lives in the bubble that they'll take into next season and beyond. I'd love to see some things implemented. Just out of, out of the blue, what is one of the things that you'd like to see implemented from the bubble that, that you would like to see moving forward? Because for me, I think the first thing would be the refs coming over that you could clearly hear exactly what the infraction was, What's the decision that was made and how or which team will benefit and not benefit from? I just, I just thought that was truly a great part of the game that I had, didn't know I needed, but I'm so glad it's there. Yeah, I think that's something I, that I definitely would look forward to as well. Uh, hearing the refs be able you know, to clearly say what the call was and kind of their thought process behind how they came to the conclusions that they did um, was something that I think... Uh, hopefully we'll we'll stick around for next season and, and more to come. 
they obviously have different protocols and things that they'll probably have to implement into next year as well. Um, but I think that's probably the main the main thing I would like to see return. There you go. Excellent points indeed. Once again, I'm speaking to Stone Hansen from DraftSite.com. As I'm showing everybody on Facebook Live, his mock draft is ready for you, at least the latest version of it is. I know he's cooking up more things as more information gets to him. But you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at DraftSite.com. Getting back to the Dodgers real quick is something that you, you and I said we're, we're I guess, casual baseball fans, to say the least. Uh, I am from L.A. Uh, that's my origins, first 25 years of my life. And so I was, when I was a young lad, uh, a big fan of the Dodgers. Uh, I kind of migrated over to the Angels a little bit more because of Mike Trout. I thought his greatness really was something that I like to follow. But I'm happy for the Dodgers. It's something that was a long time coming. Uh, obviously being cheated out of two years in a row of, of World Series, finally getting one shows that, you know, this team may have could have gone a three-peat, uh, which is kind of disappointing in and of itself. But this goes back to a day when, when I was a young boy and I, I enjoyed watching the Dodgers and Steve Garvey and that great infield that they had there. And I remember a time that my parents had tickets for a game on my birthday and I wanted to go, but I was sick with a cold and they wouldn't let me go. And I was so sad and I was... Ryan, I was mad because Steve Garvey hit two home runs on that day, which really, truly depressed me for a while. Maybe that's what got me off of the Dodgers. I don't know. But I will say this, that I'm very happy for the community in Los Angeles. But seeing that Los Angeles not only has one, but two world championships under its slate, I could say there's at least some silver lining that's come out from a very dark year in 2020. Yeah, uh, last night it was just fireworks all night here. Uh, people are, you know, stoked to just have another title. Um, as far as the sports world goes, it's probably as great a year as you could have hoped for. But um, at the same time, everything outside of it has been pretty grim. So um, I, I guess if there's anything good to come from 2020, it has been the, <laughs> the two championships, and I'll take it. Absolutely. Especially the Lakers won, and having 17 now in the books, it feels, it feels good for the most part because – I feel like this organization has always been catching up to the guys in green. Always felt like they're one step behind. And the Celtics have lived off for the most part by those 10 early championships that they had. And I don't want to put, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, well they won when there's only six or eight teams early on and whatnot. But you know what? I'm not going to go down that road uh, you know, that others are taking in regards to what they say about the Lakers or the asterisks that Pat Riley says or, or anything of that nature that's, that's people are trying to discount. You know what? Both teams, uh, both organizations are, should be lauded for their 17 championships. And it just, it, it seems like the league is in, not let's say ratings wise, because obviously there's been issues with the ratings and that's something that, that obviously they have to address. But, at least when the the powerhouse teams like the Lakers, the Celtics are at or near a top level, it seems like the NBA seems like a much more interesting thing to watch. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably true of most sports. Um, or even as far as uh, individual players, when they're at their peak, everyone just wants to see the most prestigious teams and players at their best. Um, and I think that's what brings in the crowds and brings in uh, the ultimate experience of sports is um, seeing the very best of the very best compete against each other. And it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
But now that we have a world championship under our belt, and now that it looks like instead of going out like originally, uh, you know, was talked about just before the finals with Adam Silver that it might be leaning towards Martin Luther King in mid-January, maybe late January, maybe even February. It looks like the season may start sooner rather than later with a December 22nd start date now not officially officially, but it's kind of official when ESPN throws that date out all over the place. So everybody else has picked it up and now everybody's just saying for all measures that, you know, the NBPA and the NBA are going to come together on some sort of agreement and October 22nd, uh, excuse me, December 22nd seems like it's going to be the deal. I want to ask you this, that means very little time to go ahead for an off-season per se. And I know you're working hard right now with everything on the draft, but I, I've always liked the way you perceive things when it comes to the team itself and the way you see things. And if you've ever had a chance to hear my discussions with Laker Tom, they go seemingly nowhere because he is, you know, of the hard-headed mindset. He drinks all the tea leaves that the Lakers are willing to dish out. And he and I both immensely love the Lakers. Uh, don't get me wrong, but while he is the glass half full, I am the glass half empty. I want to see areas for improvement. I'm always looking to go ahead and make things better. Mind you, that could lead to some tweaking a little bit too much, of which we've seen with other teams. When they have world championship teams, you maybe sometimes do a little bit too much tweaking. But I see a team that has two of the top five players in the world. And a lot of players that marginally on their own wouldn't be that great. But together, they have a mindset and a team defensive scheme that really gets them over. But that also leaves them very susceptible if they have to go ahead and do things on their own. So I want to hear your thoughts on some offseason areas of concern for you. And what are the things that you would like to do for the team or or like to see for the team? going forward in this very look looking like short 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 off season but you know what i'm not going to complain because i'll take the world championship all day long absolutely yeah that so this start day really doesn't give teams a whole lot of time to plan um and i think that's something that uh, works against every team but uh, especially the lakers because they do have a lot of free agents um this off season and they do have a lot of players like you said kind of on the on the margins because LeBron and AD carry such a heavy load on that team that um, really everybody else is kind of replaceable to a degree. So the the number one thing I think the Lakers need to do is uh, keep a Anthony Davis. Um, obviously at this point, it seems like a foregone conclusion that he will resign, uh, but you really don't want to leave any room for any sort of doubt in that. So he that may want to go like... play with Trey Young in Atlanta. You know, they have a lot of cap space. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would heavily bet against it <laughs> and hope hope against it heavily. I'm kidding, um, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that needs to be the number one priority is just you need to make sure you keep your stars, no matter how sure of a thing it looks, uh, just lock him down. And then after that, it becomes a little murkier. There's a lot of, I think, on-ball creativity, guys that can make shots for themselves. And... Um, Perimeter shooting are two things that the Lakers really need help with that kind of at times throughout the season were very questionable, especially with Danny Green being your your main shooter and couldn't hit a shot to save his life during the playoffs. So I think 
you do need to get LeBron some more ball handling help, but you also need um, perimeter shooting. As we've seen with LeBron teams in the past, uh, he's at his best when he has three-point snipers around him. So I think making that a priority should be on the Lakers' docket for this for this offseason. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because there are individuals such as Rajon Rondo who did such a tremendous job as playoff Rondo. But during the season, as you and I both know, and Laker Tom does not love to hear this, but he's analytically bad Rajon Rondo during the season. So you have to take the good with the bad when it comes to Rajon Rondo. So whether or not he's going to stay with the Lakers is going to be of great concern because you want him in the playoffs, but he's going to command a much higher dollar because of his playoff performance. And he may not stick with the Lakers just because of that. Yeah, and you've seen some reports coming out that the Clippers are going to try and pursue him and things like that. Another Laker Clipper kind of thing. But he his ball handling is probably the second best on the team because he has, he provides so much relief for LeBron when LeBron sits. But at the same time, I think you can get um, that sort of archetype, just a ball handling point guard, isn't too hard to come by on the margins. Rondo, I think, will be paid a lot more than he's actually worth as an aging point guard. He dealt with some injuries this year as well. I'm not sure how much you can trust him moving forward because when you get to his age, it's really um, kind of on a year-to-year basis. Uh, you start to question how how solid can they go for the entirety of a season. So I think that you can find replacements for Rondo. Uh, even in the draft at number 28, this, point, this draft is extremely point guard heavy. So I think there's tons of options for them there even to find a a veteran college point guard that can fill in some spot minutes. So there's other options besides Rondo, I think. I wish they could actually trade the pick, to be honest with you, for the Luol Dang contract. But uh, I was told that I they can't do that because of the Aaron McKee clause or byline in it, so that they can't physically trade the pick for Luol Dang uh, and his 5.5 million. I think that's currently on the books. Uh, you know, that's something that... It's going to be of great concern for the Lakers moving forward. They're going to have to work out something maybe with the league or whatnot to try and get his contract off the books. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Let me ask you this when it comes to the offseason for the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA draft. Before we get into the draft as a whole, let's go ahead and target the Lakers at number 28. Do you think they'll keep that draft pick first and foremost? I think they probably will um, because uh, I think it depends really who's on the market for trades. I think there's probably not going to be as much movement this year as last year. So it's going to be harder to find um, players to include with packages in order to to move that pick and make it more valuable. Um, 
the, a lot of the Lakers players are older. So teams that are trading for older players probably aren't going to really want a pick as well. Um, they're probably in championship mode and they're not really looking for that rebuild sort of. But let's uh, say you want to move green and his $15 million in order to yeah. go ahead and sign KCP, who is currently a free agent. Uh, and the the number one draft pick along with it might be something that a lot of people could be very enticed with an expiring contract and a number one pick because the Lakers window is now. So I'm assuming that they're going to make their adjustments going forward because as you and I both know, the draft in the future for the Lakers as of this point does not look pretty. I, I, that's definitely an option. I think though that teams that are going to be trading for Danny Green are going to be in championship mode. They're probably looking at him as, you know, a veteran that could come in, um, help provide some sort of perimeter <laughs> shooting or uh, defense here and there. And they may not be as interested in the pick, but you know, if it, if it makes, if it creates more salary cap room for the Lakers, I think they will be all in on, on looking at that as a valuable option. Kyle Kuzma often thought of as the individual who would hopefully shine in that number three role ultimately didn't get it to the point where a lot of fans wanted to see it. Uh, I love the kid. He did great, but he obviously has some flaws in his game that he needs to work out or maybe would be better accentuated if you were more of a primary focus for an offense, which probably is part of it as well. How can you be really a focus of the offense when you've got two of the top five players in the league right next to you? So it's really hard for someone to go ahead and shine uh, in that kind of opportunity. But his name is also being bandy about in trade talks. Do you see him sticking with the Lakers when it comes time for the league to reconvene again in December? Yeah, I think the problem with Kyle Kuzma is the contract. When you make that low in salary, it's I know hard that's to get that's, that's terrible. Time. Think of that. Think yeah. of that. he makes too much. He doesn't make enough money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really hard to get the value back that the Lakers would probably hope for. I personally think Kuzma's uh, stock amongst the league is probably not as high as the Lakers may envision it as just because as you already said throughout the season, he didn't really slot in as that third guy on a night to night basis. It was kind of up for grabs. It's an uncomfortable fit. He does a lot of good things, does a lot of bad things, but he just doesn't seem like a perfect fit for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think if he would have kind of shown in that mold of, you know, like a score or kind of had like a definitive 20-point guy or 15-point-per-game guy uh, on a night-to-night basis where he can play off-ball every single night or be kind of that shooter that LeBron needs on the wing, his stock would be a lot higher. Uh, His defense throughout the playoffs, I think, definitely helped him so that he's um, a little more attractive to other teams. But that money situation is hard to get that value back that the Lakers would be looking for if they were to move him. It's funny because this time last year, you and I would have said he would have been a perfect in line for a matador uh, with his defense, which was just plain awful. But mm-hmm. he has improved this season by leaps and bounds where to the point where you feel that he can go one-on-one with a lot of different players in the league, not named, uh, you know, not in Denver, not as... A... <laughs> And I think we uh, all know who we're talking about, MPJ, in that as long as he's not going against Michael Porter Jr., he seems to acquit himself quite well uh, and not go for those pump fakes, by the way. But 
yeah, he's somebody that obviously, like you said, with his contract, whether or not you can move him, you're going to have to package him with somebody else. So if the Lakers do decide to make a trade, it's going to be with involving him. It's going to be something where there's either multiple assets involved uh, because doing something straight uh, straight up for a contributor right away for the Lakers would be very hard to do. So I agree with you there. I mean, that's something that they're going to have to think about. So yes, it, it looks like maybe Kyle Kuzma in that short amount of time to go ahead and do something, we'll go ahead and stay on the Lakers. But, uh, you know, when you talk about the draft itself, and you've talked about already saying that there's going to be a lot of point guards, and I agree with you on that, and I've seen so many point guards bandied about in the first round. Right now on your list, which you and I both do lists, mock drafts, yours is much more defined and much better than mine to look at. Uh, and it's probably more right. But I will say both our mock drafts, that number 28 slot shifts a lot. And that's to be expected because that happens every year when you get down to that point of the draft. But there are a number of players that you're looking at if you're the Lakers right there. Right now you have the Paul Ford, Paul Reed, but I don't think that's going to stick if that's the case. If Paul Reed gets selected at that spot, I have a feeling he is not going to stay on the Lakers. Yeah. Um yeah, I think at the point that I made this, I haven't updated in a while. Um, I've been just busy within my personal life. But um, the new update should be coming out this week, actually. So there's going to be a lot of movement on my mock draft in that board. At the time I made it, I think he was more of a value pick. But I think some names that the Lakers are probably hoping drop to them at number 28, someone I've said for a while has been Trey Jones, a point guard who... Um, just always seemed to have his wits about him, a guy who makes a lot of smart decisions, a very solid passer, solid defender. Um, the shooting is questionable, which obviously isn't a perfect fit with the Lakers, but he does fit into the mold that they kind of ran this year with Rondo as the backup point guard, um, just a solid creator and defender. Another guy uh, I think a lot of Lakers fans may be hoping for who probably won't slide to 28 is uh, Desmond Bain, um, a guy who is a wing guard, can really do everything, um, one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in the entire draft. Um, I, I think it would fit seamlessly with the Lakers, uh, but obviously there's not a great chance that he falls that low. Um, Jamius Ramsey... Tyrell Terry, another couple guys that um, are all over in mock drafts. Uh, Tyrell no... Terry, though, might have moved up because this is something we're going to talk about in a second, a little bit more detail, but sports have him growing the offseason during this pandemic. Yeah, Tyrell Terry is another guy who's a knockdown shooter, solid playmaker, and I think a lot of, with that a report of him growing, a lot of people have moved him up at their boards considerably. The defense is suspect, to say the least. But um, I've seen him all the way as far as, like, top seven or eight on people's boards um, and as low as, like, uh, 30. So he's pretty all over the place. Um, but if the Lakers could get him, I think they'd be happy with that as well. Uh, Jamie Ramsey is another guy I have talked about in the past. He's kind of out of control, really raw guy. Maybe some of the Lakers may not want because of their championship window at the moment. He's going to be more of a project piece. But the shooting is probably what the Lakers would be after with him. He's a solid shooter. And I think um, there's... Good defender. You know, yeah, solid defender. Um, but he does have a lot of just miscues and uh, 
the IQ seems to be iffy at times. Um, some weird decisions he makes, uh, especially offensively. There's there's a whole list of guys we can go on and on and on for the Lakers, but there's yeah, the the Lakers aren't going to be short. I think of options at 28, and that's good to hear because you and I both talked about this year not being high on stars, but maybe on role players, and this ultimately is going to be the case on this draft, whether or not it's going to support enough role players and and have enough role players develop within the confines of or starters or just. You know, players that can contribute to uh, an organization, that's going to be the ultimate defining thing for the draft uh, that has been moved back and moved back and moved back. And, you know, a lot of these GMs, a lot of these scouts, and a lot of you guys out there that are really cover the draft have, have been not able to get a good look in conference tournaments or NCAA tournaments or even EuroLeague to an extent because there hasn't been as much going on because of the pandemic. So how hard has it been for you in that sense? I mean, obviously, your, your preparation-wise, you're given more than what you would normally have, but you don't have as much film to work off in as a trade-off. So it kind of puts you like a, a two steps forward and two steps back. Yeah, um, I think this draft is obviously much different than previous with what you mentioned already. But also, this draft is, is pretty weak. So there's only so much coverage we can do in terms of looking at guys. And it gets to a point where you start to overthink guys, I think, a bit. I know I have, um, where you're like, oh, I really like this guy because of this and this and this. And then you start overthinking, like, well, how much is that skill set really contributing to a team uh, moving forward? And you start to drop guys. And I think there's there tends to be a lot of overthinking in terms of where where guys' value lies. And that's been kind of my biggest struggle, I think, this year, um, because there's just been so much time to think about guys and um, what they what they bring to the table. And I think, you know, most people probably would have had their mock draft set a few months ago, and that would have been that. But now that we've had this at so much extra time, um, people's mock drafts are moving up, down, left, right, and everywhere you can go. And uh, it's just a matter of overthinking for a lot of these players. Believe me, as someone who is now on mock draft five, I think I'm working on. Uh, yeah, it's uh, four or five, anyways. It, it's just really hard to go ahead and, and figure all this out because you have a limited amount of information to work off of. And I heard that the you know they're not doing the combine in a normal fashion, obviously because of the precautions that the NBA has in place but how are these gms and you guys actually are out there more importantly so you can get that to the public the measurements what the information that you would normally get at a combine you're not getting right away how are you getting this information if at all so i'm pretty active on twitter i follow a lot of guys on twitter that um, are even much more knowledgeable knowledgeable than i am um so i'm able to see a lot of the measurements that they post um but yeah, outside of that, it's really difficult to find anything um, because all of these are Zoom calls and things of that nature. So it's difficult uh, when you don't have the light air, live airing on ESPN uh, for three or four hours a day to see all these measurements and um, you know all the different drills and things like that that uh, really do impact, even if it's in a small way, it does impact a little bit on how how guys are perceived in the draft. So. 
without that information, uh, it, it is a little more difficult to make a board and project where players will go. So funny. I could see that on a Zoom call and then somebody that might have like a, what, a 6'4 player having like maybe 6'5 reach. They're actually just reaching out and then somebody comes in with a tape measure. Seven foot one. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's seven nice foot one. Yeah, so... Stone Hansen has a seven foot nine reach. Just want to tell all prospective scouts out there. Just want to let you know he can go ahead and swat the top of the building. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You'd be driving and profiling in whatever car you choose right now. Going to your mansion home right now, right there at Malibu. Exactly. exactly. So, I will tell you this, my friend. It's always great time talking to you. But before we head on out, you got to go ahead. It's cheap plug time. So you got to go ahead and tell everybody why they need to check out your mock draft, what you have in store. I know you've got said you've got someone coming along the way, but I need to know, and everybody else there out there too as well. What you know, just give us the lowdown on what's going on in your world and why we need to check out DraftSite.com. So DraftSite just recently actually um, has gone through some different changes. Um, so there's been a little bit of delay in things. But um, I'll be coming out with some with new mock drafts, um, hopefully this year. If not, um, for the 2021 mock draft, which I've already published, uh, hoping to update pretty soon. I'll be coming out with scouting reports for different players, um, so you can check that out, see my thoughts on different players, um, and, and they may change throughout the course of the year. I'm moving into the next draft, so I have hopefully a lot of scouting reports coming out for those. You can find everything I work on. I've been on your podcast many times, which is great. I've made appearances on other podcasts, which has been a lot of fun as well. Uh, you can find everything that I'm featured in uh, at report underscore court on Twitter. And yeah, it's just been a lot of fun making my rounds throughout the draft season and hoping to make some more. At report underscore court on Twitter. So that's at report underscore court on Twitter. So you can get all the latest information from Stone Hanson direct. Obviously, he's there. He lives by the Twitter. So if you want to go ahead and reach out to him at report underscore court and plus check out all he's doing today at draftsite.com. Hopefully you and I will be part of once again of one of Rafael Barlow's great NBA mock drafts, which we always seem to have a good time talking on. I hope you didn't see mine uh, already that it's on his site, uh, NBA Draft Junkies, because I always seem to make a, a fool out of myself every time I do, or at least uh, that's what the public says uh, every time I'm on there. But it is getting big numbers for him, so I'm thankful for that. And at least he'll invite me back to make a fool out of myself there once again. But I'm hoping in the not-too-distant future, all of us can gather around for the NBA mock draft. I'd love to do it again on the, on his channel, so open for the opportunity. And then also as well, I want to touch base with you once again, uh, obviously very soon in the near future, not only on the draft, but your thoughts on the many changes that might take place. One last question to you. Do you think what Danny Green has said in the media, because he's making the rounds right now on all the podcasts, that's not name Lakers fast break. And I, although Danny Green, you the invitations here. I come on anytime you want, but You've heard on some other podcasts that he said that he doesn't think the veterans, i.e. LeBron, will, you know, and it's always like, it always it's like thinly veiled, i.e. LeBron, will report in time to go ahead and start the season. And just the season will start without many major veterans. See that as the case? Or do you think the money will be too good to pass up? Uh, it's really difficult to judge players and how they think. I know the start date will be near uh, LeBron's birthday as well. 
maybe he'll just take off that first couple weeks. I think it's pretty unlikely that we'll see anyone set up the year entirely. I think at some point these stars will return. It's just a matter of whether they're there from day one or whether it's day 31. Uh, and at this point, it's it's pretty difficult to know. LeBron might just be having fun celebrating his championship with the Lakers. So <laughs> it's pretty hard. But uh, I think coming off of that championship, you may want to just, you know, get back to business and repeat and do his best to get a second one. So we don't know, but ho- hopefully he'll be back for day one. Exactly. And I'm hoping that it will turn out to be another great season for the Lakers. I'm looking forward to it. Again, we can't complain too much about a quick turnaround because you know why it's a quick turnaround for us? It's because we won the whole thing. So as Laker fans, I'm not going to go ahead and cry and moan because you know what? I like that number 17 banner. And an 18 would be even more nice, just to say the least. Well, I'll tell you what, Stone. It's been great having you on the show once again. It is Stone Hanson. you got to go ahead and check out everything that he's doing today at DraftSite.com. And, of course, reach out to him at Report underscore Court on Twitter today. Well, Stone, thank you so much for being part of the show, being part of the program. Thanks, everyone, out there for listening and watching us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.